Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. Um, I know it hasn't been too, too crazy long, you know. I know we've had our bigger breaks before, but it feels like a long time for me at least. Uh, but yeah, we're back, we're back. We're joined by a very special guest, which I'll, I'll introduce in just one second. I'm just going to quickly say some announcements because I feel like off the top of the show is probably the time to say them. And that is on the 7th, so in a week and a half, we'll be having our King of the Castle tournament. So this is Elo's, which is 1350 and above. Um, and we'll crown our king of the castle for the discord so if you're 1350 or above even if even if you're in that like 1300 range maybe you'll want to sign up um but yeah it's kind of for the higher end players in our discord so feel free to sign up other than that let me introduce our guest for today our guest for today is boxer saint how's it going boxer saint good how are you i'm doing well i'm doing well um i guess maybe the first thing that we can say is uh uh you're you're having you want to reach out uh, i know you have some podcasting experience from before um and you're having a hard time to get to me that, that that's that's what i heard if i remember correctly yeah uh so on our, on our podcast we had before we always give like an email address at the end or uh yeah. we had like twitter handles and things um i never heard any of that from this show so i kept waiting and then i knew you had a rocket league show i found that one online and uh uh, I guess there's a little tab on your website that bounces over to the AOE podcast. And so uh, I didn't see that for the longest time, but I found I, you. I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's kind of funny because I think, especially with the Discord, the AOE2 Discord, we may have done the link once or twice, but I hadn't really commercialized it as much. And I think that also partially because of the fact that... Um, I we were we was very new, so I didn't want to like I want to like slowly build it up and kind of see see who was going to join, how I was going to organize it, um, and stuff like that. And uh, so so I haven't really commercialized that as much. However, now that you have said that, I will include our uh, our general email in the po- this specific podcast at least, in case anyone else wants to reach out. Uh, but yes, yes, you are here, um, and you have quite an interest in aoe2 currently you're saying this is kind of your main game um i feel like in general like that that kind of happens a lot where you have uh you really have like only so much time right Uh, especially with life and priorities and responsibilities and so you've kind of stumbled into aoe2 my question to you is when did you first discover aoe2 and as well when did you kind of come back into it and start playing again (laughs) probably first discovered it on release day uh what was that like 98 99 wow uh my first age experience was actually middle school we had a teacher that played age of empires one in social studies (laughs) as a way to teach (laughs) us about history or something i don't know i love that i love that uh so I, i think my rts was i started off playing red alert that was my very first uh, command Ooh. and conquer red alert. That was my very first RTS. And then age was probably my second one. And then of course, age of empires two is just a natural roll in. Um, I never really touched. Yeah, I fe- oh, go ahead. No, no, yeah. I feel like there's definitely when people switch from AOE, the first game to AOE two, it's, it's kind of mind blowing in a sense. Um, there's just a lot of quality of life changes. I, I never played the original age until I until I kind of went back years later with the definitive edition. Um, but when I watch people play like the original one, it just seems like an arcade game to me, if that makes sense. Like the way the graphics are set up. 
it's a little clunky. I went back and played yeah. it a few months ago because I bought the whole bundle. Um, it, it's a little clunky, clunkier than H2, and that the AI is really, really dumb. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't remember at the time there being a big adjustment. I was 13 or 14, so I was objectively, objectively terrible uh, at both games. So <laughs> it didn't make a difference to me. No, for sure, for sure. Do you feel like... Uh... Yeah, it, it, you know, one big th- one big thing that I always think about is, you know, maybe with the release of AOE four, right? Um, do you have like a feeling that there will be maybe someone like you in middle school that gets to try it, or do you think it's going to kind of stay with the the slightly older, you know, uh, generation? Which I which I feel is fine, right? Like I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I, I find. I find myself having a tough time to think that there's going to be like 13 year olds. They're going to be like, yes, let's, let's try this age of empires thing. You know? Yeah. I don't know. RTS is such a strange genre. Um, I'd be very interested to see the demographics of RTSs in general. Um, Cause it's not as fast paced as a first person shooter. Uh, it's not as, I don't know what the appeal for Minecraft is, but it's not Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft uh, is just Lego. Okay. Yeah, just it's just Lego. a lot of people that yeah. like playing Lego. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not an MMO. It's not an open world like GTA or Skyrim. It's a very like a thinking man's game. And uh I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's not a lot of that, a lot of interest in that nowadays. Yeah, and I think, you know, to be fair to when RTSs became really popular, I think it was at a time like you you, you could argue that that the genre was popular and it's in it in and of itself. Right. As opposed to, uh, you know, right now, I guess you, you, your, your biggest equivalent, maybe to much larger scale is that, that battle Royale genre, right. Um, where it's not really the game. It's just kind of like every game that's being released that like all the people start playing is, is that right. And I think, um, RTS, fortunately, honestly, I would say kind of had that for, for, you know, five to 10 years or what have you. Um, where it had its group of people that like, oh, what's this new RTS game you know coming out? Let me try it and stuff like that. Um, although really defined by Age of Empires, I think. Yeah, uh, but but I think you know like if you take games like uh, Battle for Middle Earth two, right? Um, if I don't know if you ever even heard of that, but you know the reason EA made a Lord of the Rings RTS game was because there was you know games like Age of Empires, right? Uh, there were games that were popular like that at the time. So I, I do find that very fascinating. Yeah. You had asked when I came back to age, I came back to age, uh, in April. <laughs> so, uh, April 21. Um, I, I played a little bit in college, like a little bit being two games at a land party in 2006. Um, and then I love how you remember that. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like one guy just destroyed us and I was like, I thought I knew the game pretty well, but apparently I did not. Um, and then nobody wanted to play. Everybody was done. So that ended Age of Empires for that land party. Um, I'm trying to even remember how I rediscovered Age. I think I just literally wanted to play it myself. And so I had an old computer. My PC, I'm a software developer, <clears throat> but my PC was from 2006. I got it in college, and uh, I had upgraded it. And the OS was, I had my original copy of Age of Empires 2, Conqueror's Edition. Um, oh, yes. The Conqueror's expansion. <laughs> I could not get it to install because the OS was 64-bit because I had kind of upgraded it. And I believe 
<laughs> I believe the original age was like eight bit or something. I hadn't even heard that eight bit was a thing. Um, so it was too low to go on my PC. So I downloaded HD age of empires from steam. That was too advanced for my PC. And I was furious and just went and bought a brand new computer just so I could play age of empires. Um, and this mid- was HD or was was this for the definitive edition here? <laughs> that was HD. HD would not oh, run okay. on my 2006. Wow. I didn't even try DE. So, and <laughs> yeah, of course. That's when I discovered DE. I was like, "Holy crap, there's a new they just released Age of Empires. What is this?" And so I fell into this rabbit hole in like uh February or March of this year. I discovered T90. Um <laughs> I discovered of Spirit of the Law. Uh, I jumped straight to a podcast. I only found you. Like I don't see any other age podcast. Um, I, I think I think there. Um, so if anyone is is kind of interested in more content, I I do know there's one that's kind of run by some pros. They they I think they release monthly, perhaps. Um, I know there's one where there's a bunch of interviews. If you like, kind of like video interviews, I, I think there's a couple there. Um, but yeah, no, we we kind of started back up this in January, I'd say. Uh, and you know, I've been trying to find some regularity, which, you know, uh, for those of you who, who have been waiting for, I, I, I will announce something in August that hopefully will get us a more regular schedule. I think that's a one, the one thing that I've about this show is, is this irregularity. And I know that can be annoying as a podcast listener. So I'll announce something in August about that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I do find that, um, it, it's definitely a game that's so like in and around my consciousness and even, you know, my friends and I picked it up again a couple months ago. We, we, for a while we were playing pretty much once a week, right? We had, uh, uh, we, we just play like three V three online or something. Right. Um, and, and I think that was great cause it was very much like, Oh, just like a fun thing. You hang out, you talk and, and you play some games. So, uh, that's kind of how I got back into it. But, um, to your point, so you, you kind of got really into all these like different, uh, you know t90 what have you um and and how how has this journey been for you then i guess in the last couple months here uh i'm kind of riding like this whirlwind wave of age of empires uh, a couple of buddies that i i played wow with in college uh they still play age pretty regular and so i've kind of got to reconnect with them through this new pc and age of empires uh, so that's pretty that's cool. amazing um they actually they came to my wedding they were the internet guys that showed up at my wedding, which was, uh, <laughs> I love it. Kind of interesting, but I love those guys. So that's been really nice. Um, uh, I've discovered how terrible I am at this game. That was, uh, that was interesting on the front end. We'll talk about that more well, here in a minute. Yeah. I think we can actually talk about it right now. If, unless you have, you know, anything further in that topic, but, um, what, what I feel like is very interesting it's there's kind of like your your first nostalgia thing with an rts game or age of empires 2 right and then there's that switch where you're like oh there's this thing called hockeys i need to learn i need to memorize things to play a game you know (laughs) um or um and it's it's so weird for me personally right because like i'm at a point now where i've understood or i've known about the idea of competitive rts for over like a decade right um and actually speaking to like you said you know d was introduced right not only this graphic update amazing but also introduced a lot of quality of life changes which 
you can directly tie into StarCraft 2. Like there's no denying, right? Some of the some of the changes that were made from HD to DE are essentially like this is stuff that works because it just helps people have an easier time playing the game. Um and you know, and we're, we're you know a decade or, or 15 years removed from the original release of AoE 2, I think. Uh more than that actually. Um and so which is incredible you know, I, by itself. <laughs> like what which game is, which is. outside of WoW still has that kind of like like community uh, as well as corporate support and sponsorship. That's incredible. It's incredible that it came back in 2019 because I think everybody kind of felt with HD that that was probably it, right? You know what I mean? Like HD was released in 2013 and that, that was probably like, okay, like this is, this is kind of probably the last support we'll see. Right. And then six years later, I, I think it's still insane to me. Okay. And that, so let me, I don't know if you actually know about this story. Right. Um, but for me, I think all the definitive editions were probably brought up when they started planning AOE four, right? Say what you want or whatever you're going to say about age of empires four in the future. I don't think there's any definitive edition without that game being planned, right? Uh, I think that's with me here. <laughs> that's probably fair because uh, I'm trying to think of what corporate reason could you have to revitalize a dying game, uh, and it's only I think I bought it for twelve dollars or something like even full price it's twenty bucks. Uh, it's not like they're trying to bank on it. Um, no, I I think I think I don't know if they made back the money that they spent on the definitive editions, but they might have because it's not free to like that's the one nice thing about non free to play games is that you you have that guaranteed income from like your your diehard 50,000 to 100,000 people, right? Um which, you know, at $12 you can do that math. I don't know I don't know how many people they're working on it. Perhaps it wasn't worth it. Perhaps they're trying to make it back on AoE 4. Who knows? Who knows what that's going to be? But I will say it's crazy to think that AOE 4, the only reason that project happened is because of a random AMA on Reddit with um, literally uh, Bill Gates. And someone had asked that. And he's like, aren't you guys good? We already how many of these do you need? Um, And then in the comment, like in this AMA, like that's what Bill Gates said. And then literally Bill Gates goes, yeah, I'll see what I can do. And then the AOE 4 started like that. <laughs> there was no plans until this AMA. That was once again, something about like, you know, sustainable, like water, or like, you know what I mean? Like some actual project that mattered in the world. Yeah. You know, some philanthropy that, that could actually be beneficial. But, in, you know, somebody decided to ask and here we are, uh, I think four years after that. Uh, and we're getting AOE 4 coming out. Thank you. Um, thank so, you, Reddit. Thank you, random person on Reddit. Uh, that decided that was a good time to ask but yeah no and then i think i think you can definitely say that definitive editions don't come out if aoe4 doesn't come out so i think it's wild that we're here talking right now because of that one redditor yep (laughs) um yeah let's talk about the game itself right so i want to talk about you know hockeys let's let's start with hockeys right what did you know about the hockeys before or the grid layout or control groups or any of those things apparent to you before? So grid layout didn't exist on the original version, did it? Oh, of course. Of course. That didn't come yeah. till I believe D either. Right. So I didn't, even when I bought the game, I didn't understand. I went to look up the hotkeys. It didn't register to me that this was grid layout. 
I think I heard that. I think I heard T90 or somebody say it in passing, or maybe you guys. And I was like, what the heck is a grid layout? Um, and now I've and tried to apply. It makes a lot of sense when you look at it. <laughs> well, it does. One of my other favorite RTSs is Dawn of War. And mm-hmm. when I play it now, I'm annoyed that it's not grid layout. Um, <laughs> I've got the hotkeys memorized, but it's very annoying to me. And I think I remembered my hotkeys from before because when I jumped on age, I started hitting certain keys for some reason. I didn't know why. <laughs> and so I think it was just muscle memory. I just knew this is how this works. Well, but that's interesting because that would mean that you actually, when you played originally, you're, you already used the hotkeys, right? Yeah, Which is- I must have. Or I was translating Dawn of War over to... Because Dawn of War also has a, a like a barracks. Um, so who knows? I'm not sure what happened with that. I, I now use the same... I, I try to use the same hockey layout or as similar as possible in all the RTS games. So that way it's directly transferable. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's like one or two I need to switch, but like pretty much that way there, if I switch from one RTS to the next, I'm not running around trying to figure what's going on. It's just I look, I see, and then I can use it, right? Yeah, grid layout's genius. Whoever thought that up, that's a good idea. I, I don't handle the third row very well. So Z, X, C, and V. But they're useless to <laughs> be. I'm blind. <laughs> ZX, C, and V, they're like the, um, if you ever play Guitar Hero, they're like that fifth button, the Guitar Hero, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where your, finger, your fingers are, you only have four fingers. What do you mean you have to go to the next one? Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's very difficult. It's like a bar chord. You just can't, can't quite hit it. Okay, can't get the full finger. Yeah. I think it's memorization as well, right? Like, I think with all these things, it's, you know, if, if I take them, if I start playing a new game and I take a month and I'm just doing this over and over again over a month, then I'm never really going to forget it. Right. Um, but it's like, you know, we don't, we all don't have that much time, shall we say <laughs> to, uh, to practice. Maybe some people do. Maybe some people do. Um, so you, you had used hockeys, but you got to use the grid layout for the first time. And then maybe another question I could have for you is, did you find when you started to really get into things, there was a lot of like strategic things or even builds, right? Opening builds that you had never heard of before. Uh, I'd never heard of the opening builds at all. I was familiar with build orders. I never played Starcraft or any of that. Um, but Red Alert had a few build orders that I remembered. Um, there are build orders in Dawn of War, but they're not as critical as an age. Um, and, and I hadn't learned those when I played Dawn of War either. So uh, outside of Red Alert, this was the first time I'd learned build orders, but I'd heard about it and I knew it was important. So I dug into those first. Um, I've got a big bundle of Harris build orders. I use that buildorder.com website or, or something. Um, I still have that up every, every time I play. I've got those build orders up, walking through them. Um, I'm probably, what I will s- go ahead. Yeah. You're probably say so I'm three or four months in and I probably have the build orders about memorized. Um, mm. And now I'm trying- how many do you have? If I can ask how many different types do you have? Maybe three. Um, yeah. That's a reasonable number to memorize. <laughs> yeah. And after the first 20, it really gets down to, I'm starting to figure out if I'm going to go two stable nights, I need so many on gold and so many on food to keep knights and villagers producing. If I add another TC, I need X number of food. Um, so that's, oh, that that's, that's the level of this game, which I, I will even be honest. Like I'm not at yet. Right. That 
I think because one of the one of the really nice things about Age of Empires is that a lot of the build orders start at the same place, right? So no matter what Civ I'm using, like we I think we talked about the 15 built like 15 villager build order. It's pretty much like it's not all that, but like it's pretty much in a lot of cases you can just do that. If you memorize that, you're already ahead of 50% of people that play this game, I, I imagine, right? Yeah. Um but it's that next level of okay, I add a TC, I can support this much and and you know, constant villager production, right? I think my current knowledge base of the game is at a point where it's like, okay, things I can do very well, you know, this is also translatable skills and what have you. Things I can do very well, you know, constant villager production, um, constant houses, right? Not be housed and go into, you know, eventually go for that second maybe sometimes even the third tc but the timing of when to do it and how much i can sustain with it is is not there at all right um that's like it's almost something that i think you have to play a lot of the same build order and you have to get that constant knowledge right i'm not gonna harp on uh, you, you, you i feel like you want to go let me let me i guess quickly quickly finish this thought right um for me in starcraft for instance immediately when i go back to the game i haven't played for it whatever long but like there's a certain point after like five ten minutes as i'm playing where everything just starts clicking again if that makes sense yep um and that's like that ingrained knowledge which is age of empires i haven't quite transitioned i don't quite have that yet well what did you want to say um i don't know you can finish your thought and then i'll, I'll go back into build orders for a second oh yeah, yeah. go back into build orders here um yeah, so I just practiced. I don't even know which one I started with. Maybe, maybe scouts into knights. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably cavalry seems like the easiest strategy for me right now. Um, and I just practiced that against the AI forever, like over and over and over and over. And uh, whenever I got to beat an AI twice in a row, I'd bump it up a level. Um, and then eventually, once you die to the AI so much you've got the build orders memorized and uh, and then you can jump into uh, ranked and get destroyed <laughs> in an entirely different fashion um, well I feel like when you're playing with AI I would even put like on super easy and just like quit the game after like once you hit castle age maybe if that makes sense yeah that's an option um, but at some point I mean it takes 10 or 15 minutes to go through your build order. I want to finish the game. You know, I want to, I want to go fight. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> this is only if you're like the crazy nerd who just wants to really, you know, cement that, that opening 15 minutes of every game. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to get total efficiency, that's a good route, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to make vills and, and kill your military. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm all out of food. I just, I just want that there to be that player that like, you know, 15 minutes in the game, they're like doubling your score, but they haven't built one military yet. Oh, no, no. They have built like the whole build order, but they haven't even moved from their spot. So like you just take over the map because <laughs> they only practice the build order. <laughs> yeah, that was probably me for the first few games. Um, Which is totally fine. That's how you get good, right? Yeah, I think I lost my first nine games online. Uh, or at one point I was I was one and nine after my first after my ranking. Uh, That's setup. probably what it should. I, I they need to change that system. I think it should start at five hundred and not a thousand. Well, I'm, yeah. But what's impressive to me, I love the T ninety, uh, low elo legends. What's impressive <laughs> to me are the guys that are like one in forty, 
<laughs> and they're still out there swinging. They're just still trying. <laughs> I don't know if they even understand what's happening. Like they're they're slowly working their way down the ladder, or if they're just out there playing games. But like it takes a certain level of tenacity to go one in forty, and then look at your screen and click, you know, sign in for ranked. Like you. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Okay, because I think they approach the game completely different, right? My my imagination, right? is they have no idea of the community. They have no idea of any podcast, right? They literally like just like Age of Empires. Maybe they picked it up for the first time in a while. And they lose a game, but you know they're not looking at it as a win-loss. I think they have chosen probably a Civ they really like. And they're like, I have the greatest strategy of all time, all right? And then they spend the next 100 games losing, but that one game or two games that they win with that strategy, they're like, I'm a genius. They're just you know? waiting for it's it, like, like flaming camel the, spam. That's their... To, the, to them, ranked is is like being a boss. You know what I mean? In in like a, in like like a Especially older video games, right? But even, even some of the newer video games. It's like, I may lose 200 times, but that one time that I'll win, I'll be super happy. That's kind of how they approach it, I feel. I just wish there were low ELO legend interviews so that we could figure out... <laughs> What is behind these men and women that log in day in and day out into 300 <laughs> elos and just trudge along? Um, so those games are such a mess. Well, here, here's here's I guess a point to what our earlier thing about like you know ingrained comprehension, right? Is I know I'm still far away from like perfectly knowing if anything should should you know we could have won or lost a game uh, at a certain point, right? But like in their eyes, if you have no sense of the game at all, right? Like in their eyes, every time they play, they they you know they might have forty losses in a row, but every time they play, they're like, oh, "I'm so close to winning." <laughs> you know, yeah. like Indeed. they lose the game, but they're like, "Oh, I was so close to winning this game." <laughs> or as for me, when I lose a game, I know I had no shot. <laughs> the guy completely outplayed me. Uh, I'm absolutely awful. Um. I was going to say, well, with, mm-hmm. with ranked, I lost my first nine games. Uh, somehow I landed around 1,000. Um, so then I'll lose like nine more. And uh, I watched a lot of my replays when I'd, when I'd lose. And then I'd jump back in with the AI for a few games, come back out, play another ranked game, lose, watch the replay. And then at some point, I literally had a nine-game winning streak and went from oh. 835 up to 1,015. I love that. And it was just like overnight. And then there was like a three or four day period where I just like destroyed everyone. And, uh, and I stayed like right around there. I don't, I don't think I've dropped below 950 or 995 since then. But I, I think this has to do a little bit with maybe your personality or, or, you know, your, your kind of approach. Um, because when you have a loss, you kind of see what you did wrong, you know, refocus your skills and then like go at it again. Right. Yep. I think in some ways you do have a tenacity. You know, you were saying like, I wish I had that tenacity of losing 40 games, but you might have a similar tenacity in the fact that when you have a loss, you're like, okay, let me figure out what, what went wrong. You're saying you're a software developer. So I guess that's very, very much in line of what is the mistake? Let me correct it. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I think, I think that's really cool. Right. I, I don't, I'm of the opinion that there are definitely many ways to approach this game. Um, 
to say that our community is probably mostly full of people who i mean this happens in every kind of rts especially i feel it's probably mostly people who play a lot of 1v1 um i feel like that's kind of the go-to game mode and i think if you are planning to play 1v1 and are planning on getting better then your kind of approach is probably one of the best you know looking at builds reviewing what you did wrong and everything um but i think it's totally fine you know i think for me i have not made that full switch i'll probably make that full switch with aoe4 for a month or two especially when it's fresh and everyone's trying to figure things out i find that's some of the most fun with a game um but for me i'm not you know (laughs) i'm not gonna spend a decade trying to become the next Hera. uh but but that being said i don't think everybody has to like you know i think i think improvement in and of itself is is a value worth worth uh going towards if that makes sense yeah um i agree i slowly i went to ramble there for a second um but yeah so you're kind of at this point now you're 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 above the halfway mark shall we say when it comes to skill rating or or mmr elo i don't know what they call in this game they they use a different word in every game it gets me confused um do you is there so you you usually use calves that's what i'm getting uh i've used japanese a ton um it's because I'm a fan of feudal Japan. <laughs> I did. I, I guess naturally, yes. Um, everybody who doesn't I, like no, Japan. No, no, no denying. I I love feudal. You know, the, especially feudal Japanese history. But uh, continue. Yeah, I, I studied Japanese in college a little bit, um, but I, I chose them because everybody said between them and and the Byzantines, they have like a pretty wide tech tree. Um, they can do just about anything, and so I was actually running Japanese as a calf sieve. Uh, and Interesting. Doing, and do, <laughs> do it all right with it. That's, that's how I got the nine game winning streak. Um, I switched to Teutons a little bit again as a Cav Civ. They actually get Paladins. Uh, they're slow, but they're really heavily armored. I uh, got a few more wins that way. And now I've I've jumped into Archers and lost two games, and then actually won a couple with Archers. Um, do Do you feel like there's definitely a point where it's like, okay, I have like a base understanding now, so like even if this is not a perfect like you know past 10 minute game at least i I, i'm i can compete (laughs) yeah i I think i'm kind of at that point now because i'll i'll go archers and if it's not working or if he's spamming skirms i know i can switch into knights and i know (laughs) like i know the ratio of food to gold i need um and then i can just overrun them with knights Uh, and one time I, i played goss recently and i uh I wanted to try some infantry. I don't know, infantry spam or men at arms rush or something. And uh, it didn't play out very well. They went archers. And so I just switched into calves and I did goth night spam <laughs> and beat somebody. Uh, so, but, but I think that's the beauty of H2 and why I don't know that H4 or any other, any other game was going to match it because you have all these different sieves and they've all got different bonuses and they all get a little bit of a different tech tree. But ultimately, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, you might not be able to go late Imperial and get Arbalest, but even Spanish could do feudal archers just as well as anybody else. Um, and so it's almost like chess, you know? Chess is. Yeah, it's, it's definitely more chess than Stratego. Uh, if, if we're going to make that comparison, I don't know if you've ever played Stratego, but. I love Stratego. Uh, it's one of my favorite games. Um, but but, but you, you, my point stands as in. Actually, I guess Stratego would be a pretty pretty good comparison. 
Yeah, I don't know. What I need a, a game where there's more differentiation between the units you're using. Um, but yeah, I, I think rock paper scissors. That's, so, that's where you're trying to get. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so interesting that I I think that design appeals to a lot of people, but some people really don't like it, right? Um, and so that's it's. I but I think that's just it, right? It's like you you kind of have to be like, okay, what do you prefer in an RTS game? Where have you? Yeah, and I, but I think that brings out skill more than um i don't know if you look at Warzone or something uh if you get the right gun you can just outgun everybody else um and that, that ebbs and flows what guns are overpowered and which ones get nerfed um but there's not as much there's some of that in h2 but not as much um and yeah it, it yeah makes you so, learn so the you game feel like when you win when you win it's because you did something good and when you lose it's because you did something bad as opposed to like Civ wins essentially, right? Where people talk about like, oh, I just chose the wrong Civ against this. And maybe at the highest level, there is, like that that differentiation between Civs is way bigger. But the reality is like below a certain point, it's it's very much, okay, did you do better? Did they do better, right? Yeah. Over the course of the game. Yeah, I think you'd have to get, I don't know even what ELO, maybe 2K or above to have a, you know, you sign in with this sib, I sign in with this one, and now it's game over before we make anything. Um, but our, at our level down here, it's it's less about that and more about do you know the game? Um, are you are you making bills or not? That's that's my main thing right now. Is you know, I start fighting around forty or fifty bills, and I, I would just stop, uh, stop making bills. And so I found even if you're losing, if you can just keep pumping them out, then uh, you can usually come back into the fight. For sure. I, I agree. I I think you need the tenacity to stay in games and like really try. But there's definitely also another point where like you'll tire out and your brain will just be like, I can't think anymore. So even if you're like losing but can make it back, your brain's like, no, I'm done. <laughs> uh, there's definitely that point as well. Uh, I think maybe it's a good time now. And I, you, you brought this up and I think this is a great topic of discussion is you've been doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and you've, you've seen some similarities to Age of Empires. So I want you to tell me what they are. Yeah, so I started uh, jujitsu in May with my son. Uh, he turned four, and that was the earliest they would take him. So I threw him in, and uh, amazing. And so it's the same time as age. I started age probably in April, and uh, I've kind of learned them both side by side. Uh, and I got destroyed, and still get destroyed in each. And so, uh, yeah, I pitched it to you. A good topic this week is just the comparison between the two. Uh, mm-hmm. When I walked into jujitsu the first day, um, everybody was real cool. They were real nice. Uh, but every time I would get tossed or pinned or whatever, uh, they would kind of apologize and I'd be like, hey, man, don't don't worry about it. Like, it happens to all of us. Uh, keep coming back. You'll figure it out. But for me, I'm not a huge guy. Um, I, I played football in high school, but I was never like the largest guy on the team. Um, I'm still not super muscular. I'm not... I'm a software developer, right? We don't go, we don't go around beating people up in alleys. Um, but when I walked into jujitsu, I did not expect anything except to get destroyed. But it was kind of the opposite in age. Like, like I know this game. I'm I'm pretty good at video games. <laughs> like I ought to be able to. If you, if you ask me, you know, your first ten games, how many are you going to win? At least four, maybe you know, three or four. Uh, I I won once, and uh, that's been harder for me. So. Uh, I thought that was interesting, kind of the the learning curve, walking into the two. 
I, I think as well though, like with, with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, especially if you're walking in and you're you're actually getting to meet people and you can talk to them, I think that definitely helps, right? Like imagine if you walked into Asian Vampires too, but instead of it being online, you you walked into like, I don't know, a PC cafe and everybody welcomed you and people are hanging out and like talking about the game and stuff and maybe someone will sit down and show you something, right? I think that would be a much more welcoming environment. Or you know, take take Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in reverse, right? You go learn BJJ, but it's like, I don't know, you have virtual opponents, <laughs> and they don't talk to you. They just <laughs> they just wreck you all the time. They just wreck I, you. I and think then that tell you you can resign when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I think that social aspect is, I think it's big, especially right. Um, so like most people who get into RDS games, like it's definitely through a friend, right? like if there are a couple friends, or you know, there there's that sense, and and you kind of build up to um, to that. Uh, do you, do you find that your understanding of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when you started compared to now is also like kind of um like you, you kind of as you start doing it you realize like there's oh there's so much more to learn like just like in Age of Empires? Um, yeah, I think so. I think I learn what I I start to know what I don't know. So walk mm. walk in fresh. Uh, Coming into age, I don't really know strategy. I don't really know build orders. Uh, I didn't know the uh, grid layout for the for the keys existed. Um, but over time, I figured those out. And the same thing with jujitsu. Um, I didn't understand the different positions, and so mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I've, if somebody's on your back, I was well aware. Like, yeah, you can choke me out. That's probably a really bad spot to be in. Um, but looking at, and if you guys aren't familiar, you can look these up side control or guard or mount. Um, I didn't know which one was more dominant or more preferred to be in than the other until a week or two in. So most of the time when you're training, somebody's on their back and somebody else is either on top of you or kind of on top of you to the side. Um, and you're training, getting in and out of those positions, but nobody sits down and tells you cause everybody's at a different level in there in the class. Nobody sits down and tells you like, Hey, you don't want to be on your back. Like you want to try to be up top as much as possible. Um, cause it's kind of a, it's kind of just a given, I guess, once you've been there for a little bit. Um, but yeah, they, well, I, I mean, I think an, another interesting thing about that in particular is you, and I guess this is as well, you know, we can relate to the RTS as well. Right. But when you start, um, when you start understanding things, you actually start having a plan of what you want to do next or some general like strategy to attack. Cause I think once you start, especially when you start, you just have like one plan is like get the person on your back, but like nothing else is going through your brain. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Or may- maybe, maybe, maybe not. But like, like I, my example is like, okay, you have someone to mount, right? You, you have, you're controlling someone. It's like when you've just started, you don't really don't know what to do after that. You're just going to try to keep them pinned, I guess. <laughs> It's like almost like you're a wrestler, if, a Greco-Roman wrestler. <laughs> if you even get there, generally, if, somebody, if you even get there, if, but like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. It's, uh, it's survival for me right now. Like, if somebody's even been doing it for three or four months, um, I'm just trying to survive. Like, don't do not get choked out in in the first five seconds. Uh, and I think age is the same, right? Like, just survive the first military encounter. Um, try but there's try there's no the end castle. game there's just survive like that was probably your first nine games in, in age of empires though yeah <laughs> just just survive and some of these guys in low elo that's all that's their whole game they, they just want to survive uh t90 talks about how scared they are 
um, they're just on survival mode the whole time. And I think I think that's when you start seeing the big difference between the skill levels is when you have like two pronged attacks or just, you know, you know, why why is like fast castle rush such a big thing? Well, for most people in this game, if you get a castle in their base, they just lose, right? Right. If you get a castle, you know, let's say four minutes before they're able to get a castle, you just kind of win the game in a lot of things. Um and I think yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of comparisons in that sense where it's like, you know, your your ability to survive is great, but if you don't pose any threat, then they they literally can just relax and do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, in both games. In both. Yeah, in, in both. No, yeah, and I think that, I think that comparison is great. You mentioned um, two-prong attack. That's one of my notes. It's kind of attacking, and I'm talking to both at the same time, jujitsu and age attacking where your opponent isn't focusing. So if my opponent's on top of me and he's working my arms, trying to get me into submission, that generally means he's not paying attention to my legs. And so I can kind of shrimp over, get my legs out and push him backwards, kind of getting back into guard. Uh, So that way I'm a little more free and I can maneuver more. Same thing with age. Uh, Multiple times I've seen people, and this is how I got a lot of my, my little nine game winning streak from 800 to a thousand. Um, Counterattacks. If somebody's attacking my front and they're dropping a castle, I'll just take my 10 knights and I'll go to their base. And especially in the lower 900s, I could kill 15 or 20 villagers before they even know what's going on. Um, I might- what's even better about that is like as you get higher in age and you get all like your upgrades and stuff. Like the knights just don't die, die to like villager arrows anymore. Pretty much, like they can, you can like leave them there just roaming. Yeah, you can. You can let them loose, and you're probably good. You could drop TCs with them at some point. Um, oh yes, the right. The, the I side note here. I love how you have to micro to like perfect your TC attack. Like you have to click past your TC if you want like the the most amount of knights hitting, especially if you have a large group of knights. You want to click past the TC. And then click on the TC, like the town center, just as your knights get there. So you can, all of them are hitting it at once. Because if you just right click, so random, random thing, I guess. I don't know if, how many people know this, but if you just right click, right, then they kind of like single file, like slowly, one at a time, start hitting it. But then they have to like spread out slowly. And, um, but if you click past it, some of your knights can actually kind of like scooch into the middle of it, if that makes sense. And so you can get more of them hitting. Uh, anyway, side note. That makes um, sense. I might have done that accidentally before. That's when they all start swinging at once, right? You just get that nice, like unified yeah, yeah. chorus you, you, of clashes. You could have done it by accident by like clicking on another building and then being like, "Oh wait, let me hit the TC," and then all your knights already there, right? Um, I I don't. Yeah, I don't know if there's too many other instances. I mean, this is such a like you know, what's the word? Such a small case, like it's not going to make a difference in most games, but sometimes, you know, sometimes getting that town center down is enough to break a lot of players. Um, but I, I like that aspect of the game as well, where there's so much going on. You can kind of direct your opponent's focus. Uh, if I want to do a castle drop, a lot of times I'll send knights to one side of the base and I'll send villagers to the other side alone. And so he's got to be focusing on those knights, putting house walls up behind his palisades uh and maybe he'll come out with with pikes and kill me but at that point i got a castle on the other side of his base and uh there've been a lot of ggs at that point just because i distracted him um yeah 
no for sure do you, i i kind of want to get your take because i'm always curious what people think about this right mangonels or, or oh is it mangonels onagers what do you the catapult yeah <laughs> uh the um they're probably the biggest instance in age of empires 2 of splash damage right of this area of effect damage as they'll call in different video games where you essentially throw it down and it can hit like you can get a whole bunch of units with it. Yep. Um, and what I find interesting is that they're they feel like such a big part of the game when people know what they're doing with them, if that makes sense. Like whether you win or lose, it, it matters so much how you maneuver them. As opposed to I feel like if you're not using them at all, which a lot of players don't do in the lower ranks, right? Um the actual individual small like micro movements that you're doing matter less and it's more about larger ideas like larger larger engages while sometimes you'll you'll see in pro games where it's like oh no this person literally got 20 units with one hit here um and it's can you yeah it's it's the knights try to get the the cat of the man wait honor i'm just gonna use honor the 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 knights try to get the honor but the honor is trying to dodge the other honor shots and uh they're also trying to get you know the archers like there's so much like mind games and it can actually really affect a fight um when especially when people are close but i think in lower levels in general it's like large troop movements are more important than the little ones if that makes sense yeah ma- macro is more important than micro the lower down but, but i i guess my my point was that you can do a lot by just sending two armies in at different places right or so I'm not I don't really consider that macro, but I guess you could <laughs> if that makes sense. I always associate macro with like economy, but I guess I guess macro works in the larger sense here of, of, of larger troop movements as well. Um I guess the only time that does happen in lower ranks is when you have trebuchets, right? And the castle wars where I think that we're positioning and, and kind of moving your knights to get the trebuchets and, and you know repair your castle. Those are things that do do have an impact i guess yeah i, I do think onagers at the lower levels they're a little harder to use they're very expensive um and they're easy to kill at the low level and so mm-hmm. they're really more of a liability than they are an asset um until you learn well, how you're, to you're them just not them. yeah you're just not good enough to keep them alive yep but, or to use them to the full potential <laughs> but i have been distracted and had someone just smash my archer ball with them. Oh, of and, course. Uh, so that they can be used down in the nine hundred and thousands if you if you want to figure it out. But in the meantime, you're going to lose a lot of resources um, by getting them out of position. It it's I guess what it comes down to is you only have so much focus, right? So you you kind of want to make sure your 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 fundamentals are perfect, right? Your builds, your your economy, your creation of troops maybe your general strategies and then once you start really getting comfortable with those you can start playing around with how do i want to maneuver the troops more how do i want to do this how do i want to do that yeah the villager production is the the main skill i've been working on uh probably the last two months just keep villagers no matter what's happening in the game i want villagers in the queue every second of the game um and that saved me the, the game where I got smashed by onagers. Uh, that saved me because I just, he had a castle in my base. He was hitting me with 
with onagers and uh, I was trying to figure out archers and eventually I just started sending scouts into his base and I could do that because I kept villagers coming out and I kept farms up and uh, uh, and by all intents and purposes I should have died because he he had the upper hand he to go back to jujitsu he, he had me in mount uh, he was on top of me trying to get me submitted but he wasn't paying attention to my legs and my legs were strangling his villagers so <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the analogy. Um, I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, so, Boxer, I think we'll probably close out the show here um, for for today. Uh, I've really enjoyed having you on, and I think I think there's a lot more insight that maybe perhaps you can give in the future. So, um, definitely, I definitely again love to have you on um, a second time. Um, I think you know maybe perhaps we can have a. a uh, Today I wanted a little bit interview style, as you probably saw when when we were going through them, uh, and I like the you know Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think I think next time we can we can maybe choose a very specific topic that you've been noticing or you want to talk about. I think that'd be great to go into. Um, but yeah, thank you thank you for being on. And um, if there's, I guess if you have any shout outs or, or maybe you're I don't know if you want to uh, any any last things you want to say. Here's your here's your floor. Here's your chance to do so. Yeah, uh, I'll shout out my my internet buddies uh, that came to my wedding, <laughs> Raid and Vanadar. Uh, I don't know if they listen, but uh, appreciate those guys. Uh, they pulled me back into age and showed me some things. And uh, yeah, thank you, thanks for having me. And uh, I'd love to be back on sometime. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping everything starts moving. I know, I know this podcast will get crazy once we hit the. Uh, the stretches, you know, in and around AOE four, um, but do stay tuned. Uh, there should be another show out next week as well. So that's exciting. Um, and we'll have more news about some regularity coming to our podcast, which I've been seeking, you know, our listeners may have been seeking, but I've definitely been seeking trying to get some regularity going. So hopefully uh, that will continue anyway uh, for myself from boxer saying today, I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you uh, next time. Bye-bye.